Hello, everybody. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy afternoon. Good evening, wherever it is uh, that you are. It's coffee break time. Uh, I am Spencer Campbell, aka Gila RPGs, uh, and this is coffee break. Every Sunday, I sit down with my friends and other cool folks in the indie uh, TTRPG scene. And we just get to talk about whatever is cool or exciting that's going on in the week, uh, or if some particularly cool projects are coming up. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, we sit down and talk about that as well. And we usually just do it over uh, a nice warm beverage or, or whatever we feel like doing. Uh, it's wonderful to see so many folks in chat. Uh, happy to have you all here. Um, but enough about me. Allow me uh, to, to pause and let my guests introduce themselves, because I'm very, very excited. I have Jay and M from uh, Possum Creek Games here. Um, do you both want to just kind of like quickly introduce yourselves and then we'll just yeah. kind of start talking about this very cool project that you're, uh, you've got coming up? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so hi, I'm Jay. I don't really use pronouns. Uh, and I am the project lead and one of the writers for Yaseba's Bed and Breakfast, uh, our exciting upcoming project. Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm M. Uh, I use she, her, or Zay Zem pronouns. Uh, and uh, I'm the creative lead for Yuzeva's Ben Breakfast Rap Hemming Project. Um, we can also talk at some point, I guess, about our past projects, but this is the one we're excited about Yuzeva's Ben Breakfast. Um, it's coming up fast. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I pulled up yeah. the I pulled up the backer kit page to look at the, the like the the clock because you have a little countdown going on. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> we should oh know. my god, it's coming up. But we should I know. we should talk about some of your past projects just to like to to put mm -hmm. some context into it because we're gonna definitely talk about B and B a lot today. But like, mm -hmm. um, like some quick brick work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, so what are what? what I've got, I mean, I've obviously got Wanderhome that lives right here over my right shoulder all the time on stream that I point to. Uh, I love it. Um, so folks might know you from Wanderhome. Um, what, are, what are some other things? And feel free to talk about Wanderhome because we should always be talking about Wanderhome. <laughs> um, Wanderhome was my little diversion when I needed to take a break from Yusepa's. I was like, M, M was like, you have to take a week off. And so I wrote Wanderhome. I didn't um, say you had to take a week off. I said that I needed to take a week off and you needed to slow down while I was doing that. Yes, that was the exact thing. And, and I was I like, very well, I'll... a new book. <laughs> Just like that. Easy peasy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, and then, um, was... sorry. Mm -hmm. Obviously, no, there was a little more effort that Jay had to do, but. <laughs> yeah, that's that. So it's a slight understatement of a story, but yeah, um, Wander Home is what most people know me for. Uh, it's the it's 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 like a it's a very sweet game and also a little bit of a sad game about a traveling animal folk in a post war world. Uh, people, it's it's I like it, I'm a fan. Uh, and then Emma wrote one of my favorite games, which is Wickedness. Which is, do you want to tell us a little bit about Wickedness because I love it a lot? Uh, Wickedness is a three-player only RPG uh, that is played with a tarot deck. Um, it's uh, basically you play a coven of witches who are sort of responsible for maintaining the balance between the mortal world and the underworld. Um, and uh, during that process, you're also trying to like manage each other's emotions and like keep from falling apart and uh, the sort of the tarot deck presents challenges to you. It's a GMless game, um, and it sort of runs through what feels like a vast, sprawling, um, like canon of fantasy novels uh, in two or three sessions. So um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Um, that's my main game that people would know me from. I have some other smaller projects, but I'm also mm -hmm. more excited for Jamie to kind of uh, or Jay to kind of highlight some past projects because you have a lot of very interesting stuff in your back catalog <laughs> that is like some of it extremely weird some of it very fun <laughs> um, um yeah i mean i don't know i like i like making a lot of games i used to make games even more in the past two years i've kind of a lot of my game energy has gone into yuzebas like it's been i think like for both em and i like our creative output has like slowed significantly while we've been working on yuzebas uh -huh. just because it's every single spare idea you have, you bundle it into the project. And so it's like loose ideas don't, they don't get to like gather up inertia elsewhere. But um, 
I've done a lot of weird things. I just like making games. I think like I really like making games where like I don't know if, I don't know quite how to put my relationship to mechanics, but it's like mechanics of the game are also like a fun thing that I get to play with. Mm. And then like M is really good at making these like intricate mechanical systems that like hold up very well that were. And I feel like my games like my games often like you know like Wander Home, Sleep Away, some stuff I've been messing around with, like in the time of monsters or like, you know, Midnight Oil and like my older stuff, like the Flower Court or Esoteric. Like, I think like a common pattern is that like I really like uh like I I I like games as like weird holistic art objects when the like the mechanics are kind of funky. And then um, yeah. <laughs> I think something you're really amazing at is burying the mechanic in a psychological mechanism that the player is <laughs> rather than something that is written down on the page which is yeah just such a bizarre talent to have um, <laughs> also, uh, makes for some really interesting reading just generally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i i'm i huge fan uh like obviously like i have wander home right here i have two wander home mm-hmm stories to tell well one is not a story mm-hmm, but one mm-hmm. is a, a a story to come uh so mm-hmm. i teach psychology and i teach a psychology of tabletop role-playing games class uh and it's my favorite class to teach and i will be having my students play wander home this term so next month about a, mm-hmm. a month from now my students are going to be playing wander home and i'm very very excited for them to sit down and play in this space um Two, I really need to play Wander Home like a proper session because I have I have tried to play it once and here's what happened. Mm-hmm. My partner and I, mm-hmm. we were really ready to play. We had done an edible earlier in the night. Didn't <laughs> didn't plan it very well. Uh, mm-hmm. Sat down to play and then um, we have a dog and my partner, mm-hmm. we're creating our characters and she's like, I want to play as Clover. I was like, do you mean you want to play like a dog that's like Clover? She's like, no, I want to be Clover. And it became this very weird mind meld as I was like trying to talk to both my dog and my partner at the same time. It was a real funky experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommended. Mm-hmm, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I can't wait to get another <laughs> chance to play Wander Home. <laughs> um, Wander Home, Wander Home is so... I I... I'm very proud of it. It's one, I think it's one of those things where it's like, um, I think that it, it's a good way to set the stage for the other stuff I want to do mm. almost. Like it's, it makes, I think some important arguments about like what a game is. And I feel like some of the other stuff I want to be doing kind of requires people to be on board with me about what I think a game is or like what a game book is, which is like that. I don't think of a game book as like a rule book. I think of it like a, a book that like happens to also have rules in it and i think that like you know part of wander home is reading wander home part of wander home is like fucking around with wander home right like one of the characters in the example of play doesn't really play the game they don't like engage with the fiction right and that was important just to be like there's a lot more you can do with this book than just the baseline you know although the baseline is a lot of fun you can also kind of engage with it in a bunch of other ways and i kind of felt like i needed to do that like i i've joked with em that everything i've done in the past two years has been prepping for yuzebas including <laughs> releasing wander home because we couldn't yeah. make we couldn't be doing this like insane big project without both i think you know literally acquiring the capital right to like build this project in advance but also uh like the the emotional like i kind of need to prep everyone with like mm. right, like okay you've got the good you've got the taste of how weird we can be and let's let's go harder let's go let's let's hit it harder excellent yeah. like you're you're in the car and now we're going to slam on the gas get ready <laughs> i love that so i mean mm-hmm. let's talk about this this game yzebas that has been like mm-hmm looming and building in pieces in one way or another over the last few years i, I mm-hmm, mean you posted mm-hmm. that picture on twitter if you i don't know time does make it whatever it was when it was the mm-hmm. giant like fake mock-up of his with how big it is like mm-hmm. i am starting to imagine that it is just like this giant tome of all it's of this, this. Huge... it's in, in my head it's organized in a spreadsheet because we have this huge 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 spreadsheet that we use to categorize all of the chapters. Cause like 
Yuzabas, for those who aren't familiar, is a uh, is an episodic game where you play as kind of these preset characters and you play out the, you like pick a character and then you play out this like hour, hour and a half long like episode effectively. It's a chapter. Um, and to make sure all the chapters in the book like remained coherent, we could keep track of them all, we could organize them all. We have this giant color coded sprawling spreadsheet that's just every single chapter and like how it fits into every pattern. And then like we maintain the patterns through that. And then we like have links to all the docs where we've actually written the chapters. And it's this like huge mess of a thing. And in my head, that's Yezebas, but it's slowly, <laughs> I think there will come a time when Yezebas is the book. Like it's, it's, it's transforming, you know, it's like an Animorphs. I'm so, so excited about this. I'm, you know, before we talk about like the game and like the playing of the game and what it is, I'm curious how mm-hmm. like the inspiration of the, the theme of it, like the the setting and everything mm-hmm. of of a of a B and B. I say that because my parents mm-hmm. used to own a B and B in California, it's like ten years ago, mm-hmm. and it was a delightful experience going there and hanging out and all the very interesting people that you would meet. And so I'm curious, like, what was mm-hmm. the 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 thing that you were like, I want to do this in this con- this very specific sort of location because I think. You could do mm-hmm. single location sort of RPGs, but there's something unique mm-hmm. about a and b mm-hmm. Jay, I think you have to answer this question because when I well, jumped on the project, there was very little sketched out, but the fact that there was a and b was like the main thing. <laughs> I will say Yuzema's Bed and Breakfast did kind of start as an echolalia. Like it did kind of begin as me <laughs> saying Yuzema's Bed and Breakfast to myself. And then like... This should like this is a good sounding phrase. It should be there should be something behind it. Um, I think M can talk more about kind of the advantages of writing in a bed and breakfast space and like what it, like kind of the what the perks of that environment. But I know like one of kind of the original appeals was that it justifies a large rotating cast and a core cast. Like you know, for example, um, like and like the rotating cast kind of gets to stick around enough. You know what I mean? Like mm. like you've got work at the bed and breakfast and you've got people who visit the bed and breakfast but the people who visiting aren't like it's not like you're set at a grocery store where the people who rotate in and out are very brief this allows it to be grounded mm-hmm. like they get to be there for some time in fact there's like one character who's like there's a character who's like working on her thesis and so she's there like you know she could be there for a while there's characters who like are there until they pass away like they're like you can't like they're like guests who like are only guests by the most nominal of sense, right? They are, they kind of stick around indefinitely. And like that sort of stuff is kind of part of the fun of a bed and breakfast. Can you get to play with duration? I think mm. is an advantage, but maybe yeah. um, if you have more thoughts. Uh, I think you covered kind of the main strokes in terms of like allowing for this um, sort of big ensemble cast. Um, uh, you mentioned offhandedly that it also lets you have a more stable, like, core group which is you know the the residents of the bed and breakfast are sort of its staff members and like runaway children who live there which i think is really the core of the game (laughs) Uh, yeah there are three runaways who just live at the bed and breakfast and kind of have jobs there but maybe that is not totally necessary they kind of just are kids doing Mm -hmm. chores Mm um uh yeah uh but you know we have those three we have the cook Mm. we have the quote-unquote night porter which is to say (laughs) that is a bizarre description for a character that is as far as i can tell just the guy who runs the reception (laughs) (laughs) uh but you know sometimes job titles are sticky like that uh Mm -hmm. and the robot housemaid and of course the owner um Mm -hmm. i think that it like there's also an element of like I think just like rustic nostalgia for both of us. We grew up, we both live in the same place. We both grew up in the Hudson Valley and the Hudson Valley has been a, like a place where tourists come forever. Mm. Like that is, that was its history going back to like the 1600s. Like as long as there have been white people colonizing this place, there have been tourists coming from other places to look at it. Um, And so um, the, uh, like the idea of the bed and breakfast being this kind of like, uh, like a place where people are kind of always like we're like 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 that it's it's a thing that like isn't financially stable it's mm-hmm. not like secure but it is like it's a little precarious but also it's like 
a little rooted in like the history of the place kind of felt very apt where it's like this isn't like you know it's not like a holiday in right like it's not a, a corporate it's not like a corporate event and thus like the characters aren't bound by kind of like any kind of real expectations it's very much just like oh this place is like there are bed and breakfasts where we live that are just like scattered around and like you turn basically any old townhouse into a bed and breakfast if you're not sure how else to make income off of it like right. it's a very like you know increasingly obviously the like airbnb economy is also trashing our home region which is not amazing yeah um Eusebius mm-hmm. maybe takes place pre-airbnb it's it's a very yeah. um <laughs> it's an intentionally ambiguous time period either it is maybe the 80s or 90s or 60s or 70s or it is the mm-hmm. 2000s and all of the characters are too poor to have cell phones it's unclear mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really kind of how that is but um mm-hmm. it's 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 no one like in, like internet is not common is the mm-hmm. i think the only kind of thing that's going around yeah oh. yeah um very cool so yeah the oh sorry the BNB just sort of like serves as a very convenient inroad also because the game is very grounded in like expectations and like ritual and um like mm-hmm. the culture of the region that we're from. Um mm-hmm. so by having the game be set in a bed and breakfast, it's like you always have an excuse to for this stuff to be unfamiliar potentially, uh, and to like mm-hmm. get grounded over the course of uh staying here on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. That that's that's cool to know sort of where that inspiration where that inspiration comes from. So you you mentioned a little bit about like what the the playing of this game looks like. It's sort of this episodic this and, and you're tracking it right now in an Excel sheet that has patterns on patterns on patterns, which like I mm-hmm, I can't even mm-hmm. see it, but right now my brain is already starting to be like I can, I can screen I can screen share if it won't mess up your Twitch overlay. I don't know if it will or it not. It may but... or may not. We'll figure it out. Let's let's, let's find out. <laughs> let's find out really quick. I want to show you just the spreadsheet just to like give you a sense. Yeah. It's like once you have a visual, you're like, oh, dear God. <laughs> uh-huh. Does this fuck up the, the it, Twitch overlay? It does not fuck it up. Uh, cool. It seems to so, be doing just fine. I'll, I'll, I'll make it a little this, bigger. This is, this is how we keep track of all the chapters. Um, wow. Is this huge thing. Um, this is like their, this is like their, their progress. Like, have we written the, the lore? Have we written the mechanics? Have we play tested it? Are we, have we edited it? Yeah, we're in a heavy um, testing stage right now because yeah, uh, we want to have everything very set to go by the time we mm-hmm. are crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then every single one of these, every link links to the associated chapter document, which contains both the rules and the game mechanics. Because the the Eusebius itself has very few mechanics, and the rules of the game are provided by the chapter, so that kind of all gets handled there. And then mood, yeah, mood, mood um, allows us to track. Um, oops, yeah, mood, mood allows us to track. Where I to go? There it is. Yeah, allows us to track like basically the patterns of game mechanics and mm. also the patterns of tone, so that the combination of like, like you know, that we can we can kind of we use moods as a way of benchmarking game mechanics, and we use them also to modulate the tone of the book over time, so that you don't get like a glut of darkness in the middle. You can kind of swing in and out of these different emotional states. Um, this is that's... quite the thing to behold. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. There you go. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the backstage of Yuseva's bed and breakfast. That's our scene. And also that like the that's... chapter numbers here are I... out of order intentionally. Yeah. But I'm it's also seeing chapter go. numbers that are up in like the seventies. <laughs> Yeah, there are there are a mere forty eight chapters that are there are forty eight non secret chapters in the book. There are more secret chapters, <laughs> oh but we've God. numbered we've numbered one through ninety nine. We just didn't use every single number because we wanted to. You know, it's we better to, to have the space. Exactly. Uh... So if someone else wants to, if someone else feels emboldened to create their own chapters that fill in those numbers, or if we feel emboldened to yeah. do an expansion, we can. Tonally, what Yuseba's wants to be is kind of this like nostalgic um, remembering of a like beloved children's TV series or maybe like YA novel series. Mm. Um, which, so we're kind of channeling a lot of the time. And one of the reasons we have all these missing numbers is uh, that sense of like, you know, I get my books 
from the series from the library, but they don't have every single one and they're not always there. Sometimes they're checked out. So I like, mm-hmm. and you're I've getting read, them out of order. So I've read mm-hmm. like 40 of them out of order, like, and mm-hmm. you kind of just are able to keep up with that. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we kind of want to lean on that tone of like, mm-hmm. I'm a child, um, s- s- media streaming hasn't been invented yet. So I'm catching mm-hmm. episodes of my favorite TV show again, out of order, mm. getting reruns, missing episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't understand how a TV schedule works. One of the reasons that we want to lean into that is that uh, we really wanted the game to be basically like um, a story game mega dungeon almost, in that like we wanted <laughs> players to be able to drop in and out very easily and for gameplay to be sort of contained to these chunks that were very naturally like each their own satisfying story arc. So like it makes Yuseba as a perfect game for, we both used to be like summer camp counselors um having a bunch of kids jump in and like play for exactly one block of of like programming uh at like mm-hmm. a camp or a school um we mm-hmm. wanted it to be perfect for um when someone can't make it to your normal like mm-hmm. thursday night gaming session and so you don't mm-hmm. have all the players for your like whatever game you're currently playing you break out your and it's like you can always mm-hmm. play it with whoever's there um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the intention for the the numbers being out of order like the reason why it's chapter five and then three and then 17 and then two or whatever no two isn't until the middle of the book but the reason for that like bizarre order is because when if the chapters were in intentional if the chapters were one two three four five you wouldn't feel confident playing them out of order mm. but so instead by having them out of order by default it means that you can like the impulse to play them in the order they're written in the book isn't there. It feels much more like a pick and choose. Yeah. Um, but then also like there is kind of the desire to like, we made sure with the numbers, both that if you read the book sequentially, like if you read the book through, it tells us a narrative, like it does kind of build a narrative. If you read the chapters in their numerical order, it tells a different narrative. Like, the way events play out hits different. And then also by extension of that, if you play the chapters in just whatever order you play them in, it will also itself build a narrative. It'll just yeah. be a different one than either of those two. And obviously, so Yuzebus is a legacy game. So in the, it's, <laughs> we're playing these one shots, but you're always building towards, <laughs> obviously. Um, obvious. Of course yeah, it's, it's a legacy game. Narrative gating. Um, it's a legacy game, so uh, not all chapters start out unlocked. And one of the ways that we've sort mm-hmm. of set it so that you will have a satisfying narrative course over potentially years of gameplay for these one shots is that you are constantly unlocking new characters and new chapters to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is the coolest <laughs> sounding thing in the this, world. I feel like I feel like this entire stream is just us like uploading Yuzebas into your brain. Like we're just like, right. okay, hello. Like, I feel like maybe we just need to inject it straight into your skull. Yeah, like, there, are, <laughs> there are big things that we have not yet even talked about that are kind of yeah, like... Yeah, there's, there's an announcement coming on Monday that I think is going to be really, uh, really huge. Oh, so how can it How mm-hmm. can it get bigger? <laughs> how can it get huge? On Monday. <laughs> you'll, you'll find out tomorrow. I'm going to wake maybe up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. Like, <gasps> don't wake up that early. Don't wake up that early. The announcement's at 10 a.m. <laughs> um so because we have this structure where we want you to be able to like invite someone to play once uh or you know play with whoever at the drop of a hat um all of the base rules for yuzebas are very simple um and then each chapter has between four and six headings or maybe four and seven um that just have mechanical information about how the rules work in the scenario that you're in um Oh, so the, so the rules sort of modulate or change a little bit depending on which chapter you're in. So change sort of dramatically. Like a, oh, okay. This understatement. So, <laughs> oh, okay. so for example, so for example, um, if we're playing, so like you get your character sheet. Your character sheet has bingos and whoopsies on it, Love and it. whoopsies are like you know, like whoopsies are things that are like mistakes. Bingos are kind of your high points. We sit down and we play. Um, let's say you know we play wash cycle, right? And we need to do a bunch of laundry. The way that works is we're flipping coins, and when we fail our coin flips, we do whoopsies, and then we can do bingos in order to give our coins out to people. But then let's say we play a different chapter later. Like, let's say we play, let's say we go fishing. Uh, In that chapter, bingos and whoopsies are like strong moves and weak moves in a BOB game. Uh, So it's a completely different narrative relationship to the mechanics. 
or you know let's say we play um you know like we go into the basement and it's an eerie mood and now we're flipping through a deck of cards and the bingos and whoopsies are the triggers we used to interact with the deck of cards so um, yeah i like to describe yeah. bingos and whoopsies as half moves uh in mm -hmm. that we kind of looked at belonging outside belonging and weak moves and strong moves and said okay this is a narrative and a mechanical attachment where it's like there's a, a narrative beat and you are either taking a token or returning a token or not interacting mm -hmm. with tokens but yeah. in yazebas it's like actually we can totally be decapitate <laughs> these moves mm -hmm. remove any mechanical implication just have the fictional half of a game mechanic mm -hmm. and then that can plug into whatever mechanic we want um yeah whatever so it's like it can, want, given on the situation yeah, yeah. It, it can be it can be a prompt like in pbta it can be the equivalent of like you know whenever you run away from the monster roll or it can be a consequence right where it's like oh when you miss do this and so it can be either side of that equation and yeah. we can use them in a bunch of different ways there's even a hidden chapter in the book uh that's about uh that uses uh d20 mechanics and it's like kind of me like skin lifting a little bit of like morkborg in order to make like a very quick d20 chapter that's like an adventure <laughs> chapter because like you can do that like why not what's stopping you <laughs> i mean i'm i'm truly my mind is is breaking with how cool this sounds um ray in chat sword queen mentions that this is giving me mm -hmm. modular game design like i'm such a sucker for <laughs> modular games and like asymmetry mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. in role-playing yeah. games and so like you you have captured all of the things that I love so much. <laughs> I I am so excited to see what you do with the concept of like stickers and legacy mechanics on the table, just because I feel like the stuff you were doing with uh was it Slayers that had every single character has a different yeah. Every single play yeah, yeah. Yeah, where every single playbook has like just a different relationship to the rules. Right. I would be really interested, like I've got this kind of idea of like using sticker mechanics to create roguelikes and I've never, it has never clicked for me, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like maybe there is something there that you can do cool stuff with perhaps. Cause it's such a, it's like, it's such a space for like when you get to effectively rewrite the game as you play. <laughs> I think you two have officially like, I had plans for 2022 with what I was doing, and now they're going this way in a totally different way, I... in the most exciting way possible. This... I'm, yeah, I'm really, yes. Um, yeah, I'm extremely excited for people to get their hands on Yaseba's Bed and Breakfast generally, but I'm especially excited for like other game designers to get their hands on it um, for two big reasons. One is that I think only other game designers are going to understand how extremely clever we were. In so many <laughs> uh, but two is, I think we actually have like developed a bunch of tech and tools that are going to make for extremely mm -hmm. cool and interesting, like hacks. Mm -hmm. And um, just, we, we went about building the game in an inside out way. And now it's like having demonstrated that magic trick, I think anybody will be able to do it. Um, and I'm very excited mm -hmm. about it. Well, I'm really excited to, to, I mean, as a, as a designer, of course, I'm excited to, to learn about all your, all see any toolkits and, and gizmos mm -hmm, that you, mm -hmm. you dish out to us. But like, that is an interesting mm -hmm. idea to be, because you are creating, again, like something that lives in this, this setting, this, you have created a, mm -hmm. a closed, not like a closed box, sort of a closed box sort of thing. Like we're telling the story mm -hmm. here in this bed and breakfast, but here's tools for mm -hmm. just like making more stuff. Um, mm -hmm. When along the like, I guess, I guess, like, when along the path of design did you decide like we should like make stuff for other people to add stuff to like Yazebas or just be inspired by Yazebas? Because you've got like those blank mm -hmm. chapter numbers and you've got things like that. Mm -hmm. So clearly, you were like leaving the gaps there. Mm -hmm. When when did that happen? I think that's oh, M M. If you want to answer that, I feel like. Well, I think anytime you're working with modular game design, because you mm -hmm. are building components that'll fit into a hole rather than building the whole like whole cloth, it's always tempting to like make space for people to make their own stuff because you've created a schema by which it's very easy to do so. Mm. So like mm -hmm. I think most players' introductions to actually like creating their own Yazebus content is gonna be introducing new guests into the game as unlocked characters. Where it's like mm -hmm. we have multiple chapters where you're interacting with potentially a stranger, somebody who's not written into the book anywhere, who's like randomly generated from a few pieces of scrap paper that you've written things on. Mm -hmm. um, and then like at the end of that chapter, we usually invite the players to be like, 
if you want to have, if you liked this person you made up, they can come stay at the BMV too. Uh, just here, you got to write them a couple of bingos. Mm-hmm. There's some example mm-hmm. bingos on page blank for you to pull from if you mm-hmm. want. You just got to give them I a think, I think it was pretty early on that we realized. I, I know certainly when I was originally working on this, when I was kind of first sketching out the game with Eves, who was really critical for a lot of the very early ideas um, before they left the project, um, in a fine way, it was nothing went wrong or anything. Um, but uh, the um, uh, some of the stuff we talked about was um, that like basically like what kind of happened with the game is that it is a vast modular thing, and that like critically, it's fan fiction in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. M and I, M and I drafted up this, um, or M specifically drafted up this document explaining kind of the fictional history of Yazeba's the media franchise before we are making a, a a game that's built on its IP, right? Like we got the IP rights and now we're making this game for a thing that doesn't exist. There is a but lazy arg. There's a lazy arg. Yeah. <laughs> we're not putting any effort into the arg, but like it, it does it. We have our, we have our thoughts on it. Um, But what it means though, is that like, there's a lot of choices. For example, many of the characters are unambiguously trans and our in a way that like wouldn't have been possible in 60s children's books or 90s car- mm. Saturday morning cartoons. And the idea is there is that we are two trans people who are revisiting a setting we grew up with as children and making text subtext that we valued when we were kids. Frog and um, Toad are friends, right? Um, yeah, and then it's like imagine if you let a gay person write Frog and Toad RPG, right? Like they would make Frog and Toad gay, like, <laughs> um, and like. Uh, but like the idea there is that like we are not making this central canon. We are making a reflection of this canon that we can't see. Mm-hmm. We're the we're putting the shadows on the wall of the canon. And so anyone else making fanfic or creating content about Yazebas, they're not an inferior version of what we're doing, right? They are also right there with us. Yeah. Putting up fanfic of um, this fake canon you know like we're all on the same level here we're all making head cannons and making our stuff yes, yeah exactly despises the concept of canon um <laughs> uh it is a game that asks you to play the same event multiple times potentially if you want mm-hmm. to with different groups of people with different people playing mm-hmm. the same characters um mm-hmm. and all of the interpretations of those are true um much like if you had caught a rerun of an episode and it was a little different than the first time you watched it when you were six and now you're mm-hmm, 10 mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just, um, it is it is an anti-canonicity game. I think there's mm-hmm. literally a section in the rules that's like, don't worry about canon, don't worry about synchronicity. I promise, I promise, <laughs> I promise it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, um, And I think that's really important in role-playing and especially like emotional role-playing because mm-hmm. I think for new players, um, as they're jumping into something, they can often get really worried about um, like whether they're playing it right or like whether they uh, are like, Mm -hmm. especially if you give them a pre-generated character, they might be worried that they aren't playing that character correctly. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I promise that you are. (laughs) Your interpretation (laughs) of the character is as valid as Mm -hmm. everyone else's. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And then, but like what is nice is that because there are these stickers, because there are these legacy components, the characters that you have in your book change over time because as you play the game, it's just that like they don't have, they're not changing. It's, it's almost like, like the way I kind of think of it in my head, which is a little weird is that like every single instance of the characters like is not necessarily connected on the same timeline to every other time you play, right? Like there's not necessarily a coherent timeline that you could build. Um, But they change over time anyway, right? Like the rolling kind of the, the passage of time just through the act of playing, it was what causes them to age and change and grow. Mm-hmm. And there's a double um, there also where it's like mm-hmm. simultaneously, the characters are changing within the continuity of the like television show that you're watching, but they're also your relationship to them is changing on another level. Yeah. And both of those are reflected on the mm-hmm. character sheet. Um, yeah. yep, 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 yep. This is some high concept bullshit. <laughs> this is not mechanical at all, really. I guess everything's mm-hmm, mechanical. Mm-hmm, um, especially mm-hmm. when Jay's around. Um, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for that. The high um, concept bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jay was talking <laughs> a little bit before about um, how, like, books should be pleasant to read. And I think one of the things that Jay has really impressed upon me as we're working on this, um, and that is like, 
kind of a, a brain breaker because I'm very much I was a person who was like, um, you know, game books should be the rules. They should tell you exactly how to play and nothing else because nobody likes to read them. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, um, I, I, but I think mm -hmm. uh, Jay has made a lot of points to me about like introducing new players and about other ways of engaging with the text that I think comes from Jay's like lyrical game background mm. um, where like, you know, reading about just reading the chapters and not playing through them is like a form of play. Writing fan fiction about this like setting is a form of play mm -hmm. for sure. Like th there's not a lot of boundary, I think, between what we've written and what how people engage with it that um, mm -hmm. requires. Um, I don't think there needs to be a hard boundary there. I think it can be a very soft boundary. <laughs> um, and I think mm -hmm. that's a game design thing and also a book design thing, which yeah. is mm -hmm. another thing that Jay has blurred a lot for me in a way that is, I think, very positive. And I think it's very reflected in Wanderhome, especially, where it's like mm -hmm. Wanderhome's bookness, like, very much feeds into its status as a game, uh, as much as, like, mm -hmm. its rulesness, if right. that makes sense. I think mm -hmm. I think I get I'm picking up what you're putting down, I think. I think that's very okay. cool. <laughs> the coffee is kicking in. I'm starting to get it now. Uh, no, I love that. So I mean speaking of like new players, like so you mentioned the idea of like getting mm -hmm. new players in and because I've mm -hmm. I've you know, a lot of us have experienced this idea of like getting somebody new to RPGs to to play. You you either go like the pre gen route mm -hmm. or you find a game that you're just really comfortable running. And there is mm -hmm. always that moment, like when I'm playing games with players, where they go like, oh, I'm allowed to do that, or I can do this, or like, mm -hmm. and there's like that light bulb moment. And when it happens, it's great, because then like, they start mm -hmm. to like, be free and figure mm -hmm. it out. But like, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of the games that I have tried early on to teach, don't have the, the tools or the, the foundation to like, help prime the players ahead of time for that. I have to like, just kind mm -hmm. of be like trust me you are allowed to do this they're like i don't know that doesn't seem right <laughs> so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like so for yazebas like because dan uses the word kind of exactly mm -hmm. that i wanted like uh, like on ramps mm -hmm. for like new players and stuff like that people like mm -hmm. and i mean like people new to ttrpgs and stuff like that like what's mm -hmm. the, what's that experience like do you have a sense yeah so i wrote an article a bit ago called the puzzle makers paradox which is about this exact topic because um, it is something heavy on my mind. And the idea of the puzzles maker, puzzle maker's paradox is that designers are drawn to games that are kind of clunky and unwieldy because we are kind of the people who make it. Like, like we're the people who are exposed to some clunky RPG that's our first RPG. Mm. And we're the ones who go, oh, I like this. I want more of this. And so we self-select for being bad at knowing what most people need to get into a game. A survivor because... bias. <laughs> yeah, survivor <laughs> bias. And that's the puzzle maker's paradox is that we're people who are attracted to kind of clunky, miserable games. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a big part of Yazeba's is both kind of self-correcting self for that bias, but also um, it is a game where the on-ramp process is wildly different from, like, what you see in most games. Like, the thing about having pre-gen characters is that there's a world of difference, right, between me saying to someone who's new, all right, you're going to play, you know, a vagabond, make up your vagabond following these rules. And, like, now you must immediately be being creative on a level that this person has maybe never done before. Right. Because just inventing guys is not, like a universal pastime <laughs> right. whereas with hey, you want to play this demon child or do you want to play this frog who cooks yeah <laughs> like being like here's a specific guy that you get to play as and i think that that is um it's it's a lot more comfortable for new players and it bridges kind of this big mechanical gap really quick because like with yuseba's the process for going from Oh, I think we should play Yazebas to like we are now role playing mm. is as like is like max 30 minutes in my experience. Like it's an incredibly quick process. Cause like at, once you're able to just hand someone the character sheet, the core of what you're doing is explaining the rules. And when the rules are at most as complicated as like any particular one page RPG, right? Like it really kind of because you're only, you know, like the first your first time playing ideally feels really quick and smooth and easy the challenge we have encountered is but i kind of I've, i don't have a name for it but 
it's the second through fifth time playing <laughs> uh or even okay. like the second and third time playing which is that the first time you play you encounter the rules of the chapter and everything feels great and then the second time you play you encounter totally different rules for a different chapter and now suddenly you're trying to separate what you've learned now from what you've learned before mm. um and so um it's it's solving that problem has been like just as critical as like the first as like the first time playing problem where it's like the structure of it lends really well for the first time you play the structure you kind of bounce against the second and third times you play and figuring out how to fix that issue has been just as much of a, a mm -hmm. hurdle in terms of player onboarding it's also um, like once yeah <laughs> i think the big factor in player onboarding also is that the the required like commitment level to play some Museum mm -hmm. Bed and Breakfast is so low because mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know the episodes are or like the chapters mm -hmm. are like an hour to an hour and a half long mostly mm -hmm. um, and you are potentially changing what character you're playing every time you play and the mm -hmm. characters are made for you so it like you you don't have to invest that much you don't have to commit to like playing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know long D, &D campaign right. and like everyone's gonna be upset if your character vanishes or whatever um mm -hmm. you don't have to so like which i think is a, a big thing in people's minds when they're new to role-playing games is that it's like you know if somebody asked me if i wanted to join their softball league like <laughs> that's <laughs> a huge commitment it's, of an entire hey, season of time practices games Hey, but if, can I ask I have, if I want to catch, I still will say no because I mm -hmm. cannot catch. But <laughs> the level is much lower. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a huge. It's a huge difference between saying, "Hey, can I have four hours? Can I have four to six hours of your life every week for the indefinite amount of time?" Versus, "Can I have? Can I have an hour and a half of your time right now?" Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like it's like yeah, because it's like the difference between like, do you want to like commit to this like, uh, even like you know like. Also, just in terms of length, it's a, there's a huge difference between the amount of time it takes to play a one-shot and the amount of time it takes to play a Zavis chapter. Where, like, especially because once you are in the rhythm, each successive chapter becomes quicker to get into. Yeah. So, like, when I have people over, we'll play, like, three chapters of Yazebas, right? Like, when there's, you know, before, you know, in the in the gap of, of quarantine rules. But, you know, it'd be like, you know, we could play, like, three, three chapters of Yazebas in, like, three and a half hours. And, like you know that that felt you know that was what we were up to other times i'll just play one chapter with someone like at a con right or like online where it's like oh yeah let's just play a chapter online so yeah. and I it's think very flexible that way pregens are kind of cheating a little bit almost in terms of like there there's so much like co commitment time even ahead of getting to play when you're creating your own characters mm -hmm. and also like if you're not doing one shot style play um you know, in D&D, there's so many traps that a player, a new player can fall into in terms of, like, building their character wrong or whatever. And then mm -hmm. it's like, as they get more familiar with the rules, they realize they're potentially stuck with these bad decisions they made on the fly mm -hmm. trying to get to the point of playing the game. <laughs> mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Whereas, like, again, because you're just picking one of these pre-gen characters and, like, however they've been altered by the table at large, you kind of can just look at your character sheet go, okay, I kind of get who this person is. Uh, and then, you know, mm -hmm. player. And then if you didn't like it, an hour later, you can just be like, actually, I, think I might prefer to play this floating rock. <laughs> um, which is one of that. the unlockable characters is a floating rock that does not speak. Um, oh I want this rock. <laughs> the <Tisleth>. um, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a sucker. I I my how much time I like to spend playing a role playing game has dropped dramatically. Like I grew up in the time of like you got a session has to be at least like four hours, and you know you're gonna do it every week. And uh, now I just can't do that. Like my my body and brain are just like no. 60 to 90 minutes is like a really good tight gameplay session is like where I'm at nowadays. Mm -hmm. So to yeah. be able to um, I'm, okay. I have the more extreme version of this arc, uh, which is that I growing up as like a teenager would like Brennan would run D and D weekends where it would be just like fully 48 to more hours. <laughs> uh, he was an insomniac at the time. So it was like, he would be awake all the 
the players would sleep in shifts while he was <laughs> running scenes with the other play. It was really like a nightmare, actually. A, mm-hmm, a, a, like mm-hmm. a fueled. <laughs> um, no, it was a lot of a tremendous amount of fun, but like we stopped being 16. Mm-hmm. I certainly can't. I can still sometimes run a game for like nine or 10 hours. Um, but, you know, by the end of it, it's, I am in tremendous pain because I'm also mm-hmm. disabled. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I 100% get that like arc of like going from these huge marathon game sessions to just like, hey, actually, what if we could just do something for a couple of hours and then reevaluate whether we want to keep going? Well, what's so hard, I think, about many games is that like, one shots challenge you one shots ask you to make a tremendous commitment to a character and a world right because making a character and making a world is a huge emotional commitment it asks you to do those things and then it asks you to uh never think about them again afterwards and i think that combination of like I, I mean, I really, I do feel like part of the reason why it's been hard for, I think, indie RPGs to kind of really catch on is that there is this kind of resistance to being told, like, I need to make a character and like get, like learn this game and get invested in it. And if I play the game again, my choices don't matter, right? Like, it's like, yeah, it's this feeling. Away. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, like, whenever, like, every time I play Street Magic, I love playing, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? But it's like, I put all this time into building this beautiful city. And the next time I play, I'm building a new beautiful city that has no relation to the last one, unless I'm with the same group of people. Whereas, like, I think Yuseba solves both of those problems very elegantly, where you are not being asked to put in that huge commitment. And then also, uh, afterwards, your character still matters, right? Like, if you care about Hey Kid... Hey Kid will be around another time you play. Even if you're playing with a different group, you can still pick up Hey Kid. And they yeah. might be a little different, but they're still Hey Kid, right? Like, they'll be they a have different a different person because of how you played them that one time. Yeah. And because, so, like, like, yeah. The characters have mm-hmm. the ability to evolve over time. Um, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, yeah, you're good. Yeah. But exactly. Um, like, it lets you, it lets you, um, like, it allows you to be invested and remain invested in a character over time. And what that means is, I think that it means that, like, Getting like getting back into Yazebas and like staying attached with Yazebas is much easier than it is with like something like Wander Home, where it's like I just got deeply emotionally invested in the story of your veteran and my ragamuffin, and now we will never speak of them again, and there's nothing I can do with them. Mm. Whereas Yazebas is like, yeah, you like Parish and Haken. Here they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to see them again? They're over there. Oh, like, you know, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really helpful, I think. It's like not, and I'm not saying that it's a failure of RPGs. In, like, not every single RPG must address this one-shot challenge because, like, that's an absurd demand. But it is true that there's kind of a structural issue, and it's nice to have a way to tackle it, even if, like, yeah, other games might have other impulses in terms of how to tackle it on their own front, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like the one shot, the element of like, I have to throw away this thing I've invested in at the end of the day mm-hmm. is like a practice in impermanence. So I think like there's philosophical yeah. value there that I think. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that. Street Magic was even a, a poor choice because it's it's a good, like, that is a game that really, I think, benefits from the fact that you don't get to stick with the same city every time. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. there are other games where it's like. Wander Home actually is a very good example of this because Wander Home is a game about these characters over a long period of time. And every time you play a one shot, I think there's a little bit of dissatisfaction because those characters, it feels like you only just started getting the ball rolling by the time the game ends. And it's like, okay, well now what do I do with that? Right. Um, Like Wander Home gets good after a few sessions of it. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've been you've been name dropping a few characters here in Yuzebas throughout mm-hmm. this, and I'm curious, like, what is who, who is your favorite character, either that you have played or that was like your favorite to design? Like, was there one that you mm-hmm. had like a especially fun time to like to to craft? asking us to choose between our fifty children? I and I know hey, it's very <laughs> cruel. Ah, excellent, perfect. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I pick Hey Kid, um, cause Hey Kid, I think is both a lot of fun to play. I really love to play them. I actually answered this question also on Tony's stream a couple days mm. ago, but I'll answer it here and I'll give it a second side answer. Cause I, I don't want to just repeat myself, but I love Hey Kid. Hey Kid's really fun to play. They were also really fun to design because they are a child 
starting and going through kind of coming of age throughout the game. And there aren't many chapters where it's like, oh, Hey Kid is a teenager. But instead, Hey Kid's own journey means that, like, it's almost like a Digimon style, like, splash chart. And then the choices you make will radically rewrite their bingos and whoopsies, give them all this new information, change who they are on a deep level. And so it's like, you know, like, Hey Kid goes from being um like hey kid hey kid like hey kid becoming a teenager and becoming like you know a, an older child mm. is something that they undergo entirely mechanically without it being suggested in the chapters which means i think that it's easy to overlook but exciting when it happens very exciting em i'm sorry that i've put you in this terrifying situation to <laughs> to pick a, a favorite <laughs> child you do not have mm -hmm. to pick a favorite. It's also like there's so many of them. I can't hold them all in my head or heart at once. Um, <laughs> because, again, you're unlocking characters constantly through this game. Uh, I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to zag here. I'm going to say Yazeba is my favorite of mm -hmm. the characters. Um, obviously, she's the titular character. She is not featured. She is not called for in any of the early chapters, basically, that are like unlocked mm -hmm. as you start the game. Um, because mm -hmm. she is the like cranky, disgruntled, uh, like trans witch who runs and owns this bed and breakfast. I say runs. She seems to have no hand in the day to day operation. Who's <laughs> <laughs> um, just like, uh, it's very fun to play a character who is like, she, you know, the, the backstory of the game is she has traded away her heart for this building, basically this like magic bed and breakfast mm -hmm. that she can run. Um, and as such, she has like, it, it was not originally intended to be a bed and breakfast. I think it was like her fortress, basically. But, you know, as she has accumulated more people, um, despite the fact that she is kind of this cold and heartless figure, um, it just puts her in this very interesting position where um, a lot of the time when we were designing the characters, Yuseba is a little unique in that we almost never try to, we tried never to give the players any glimpse into her interiority at all. So like mm -hmm. a lot of the characters stuff is like written in the first person so that you get into their heads while you're saying I to yourself as mm -hmm. you read their lists and things like that. Um, but Yuseba's is like almost exclusively other people's observations of her on her character sheet oh. um and like yeah we, we try not to like give you any insight into who she is under the like callous demeanor on the outside um and also like balancing that element of like she is borderline a villainous character but she's also one of the main protagonists right um, she's very much this like anti-hero um as we find her when the bed and breakfast opens um mm -hmm. and like when we open the book for the first time but like mm -hmm. finding a way to balance that against this game about compassion and caring and like where her journey very much is the process of healing from this trade that she made, healing from this like mm -hmm. thing that she did to herself mm -hmm. or that the world did to her, um, depending on your perspective. Um, I'm always a sucker for that. All right. <laughs> uh, that's kind of a lot of that's a big theme in wickedness too, is mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the trades you make to get by in the world and then like mm -hmm. how to recover from those yeah mm -hmm. we should talk a little bit about the campaign that's coming up because the game sounds amazing like i'm i'm, I'm obviously sold mm -hmm. i mean you sold me 55 <laughs> minutes ago or whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> but like so you what what is the what is the plan for for yazebas like how like what's your your plan for getting out into the world so we have we are doing Indiegogo, um, which uh, has been written about. There are news right. articles about why we chose Indiegogo over Kickstarter. If you're interested in knowing, find Google it. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll find it. Um, but Indiegogo um, has been a very good platform for us uh, right now, uh, and we've been doing pre-launch ads with backer kits. So like a lot of the standard, like this mm. is how you do a big Kickstarter in 2022 stuff. Um, which you know back kit ads have been going well we've also we're also doing you know we've been just it's just like like basically we're doing this big bombastic uh kickstarter sorry indiegogo initiative um i have made that mistake before and i will make it again <laughs> it's gonna um there's there's a like we're trying to make something that is both like able to be a beautiful object right like the hardcover book you've seen where we really we're gonna make something that's like 
kind of a very gorgeous object to hold and look through. We're also working on ways to make sure that it's accessible for folks. Um, like we are working with drive through RPG to do like a black and white print on demand. Mm. That's just gonna have a very low shipping cost. So we can just like boom, pass it out and like get people access to it for like pretty cheap, um, which will be good. Um, and then we're also doing stuff with the digital version, which I, uh, I can't, uh, tell you about right now, but uh, I, keep, keep an ear out because we're doing something special on Monday. Um, I feel like there's a like hundred things you can't tell anyone about right now. This is true. This is true. And we're doing special promotion again. Uh, there's other stuff I can't talk about, uh, which uh, I'm glad Jeff Stormer is in the, the stream chat right now. Hi, Jeff. Uh, he knows a couple things that we're doing that we have planned. Jeff is um, very so it is really like, chat. <laughs> yes. Um, so there is there is kind of going to be a whole whole initiative that will reveal itself in time. We're really we are. It's been kind of tricky because it is kind of a project that like is properly for a company four times our size and four times less disabled than us. Which you know, like I'm I'm disabled. My business partner Grubby is disabled. You know, basically everyone working on the team is dealing with stuff, <laughs> including you know my darling DRM. Um, and like so we are kind of like. It is a big initiative and like, but I'm, I'm hoping it, it comes together well. Um, M has taken on creative lead, which means that basically it's been her job to finish the text before the campaign mm -hmm. even launches, um, which is a, a big challenge in and of itself. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I looked away for a month um, mm -hmm. last year. And when I looked back, um, the load of this of like managing the project not even like writing the text had suddenly exploded over jay where it's like um it's a pretty tremendous undertaking um i would have jay, i would have like weekly breakdowns to you or grubby where i'd be like i can't fucking take this i have too much on my shoulders and then one of you would be like i can do some of those things and i'd be like you can <laughs> and like even when i was telling you it would be like a fraction of the shit on my shoulders so it was like yes Finally, the two of you sat me down and just got me to like squeezed me over a couple hours to get me to reveal all the things that I was dealing with, like all in terms of logistics. Right. And um, then still later, you would send me a promotional element that was like unrelated to anything that I was aware of um, <laughs> and like a huge investment of time and management energy. Um, mm -hmm. Jay. Uh, I think your first project management experience was Wickedness also, where you were managing someone else's project. Is that wrong? Yeah, that was my first time managing someone else's mm. project. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was that. And then you went through Wanderhome. Wander and now Home? it's Kisabas. And it's just been and a our steady... Haunt, our, haunt, our Haunt was in there. Our too, Haunt also, yes. Nice, uh, hi, Ray. A nice little... Hi, Ray. <laughs> that, was, that was an easier one. Thank... That was actually really... That one's been really fucking clean, so... <laughs> It's easier for me to forget our home or our haunt because while I'm very excited for it, I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> um, you were also first... you were also asleep during the Kickstarter, so yes, uh... correct. Um, in my many months hibernation, um, but yeah, it's been like a steady, like exponential element of like how much the project lead mm. or like pro uh, project manager title I think de mm -hmm. demands of you. And it's kind of amazing mm -hmm. to me that you have managed to like develop the skill set on the fly and like um, uh -huh. <laughs> incorporate Possum Creek Games <laughs> into a company and like do all of this stuff like basically on your own in the past year. Obviously, with Grubs, uh, tremendous mm -hmm. help. But um, mm -hmm. the two of you are just uh, tremendously impressive to me. I what do you call? Um, we're not going to do something this big again for a while. This is like our this is our capstone uh -huh. for the decade. I think. <laughs> But um, uh, oh, don't say it that way, M. <laughs> uh -huh. The, uh, I just the don't skeptical. Uh huh. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but um, I mean, we're not gonna do this again until we have at least like actual employees or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, it's been like a huge undertaking. Um, but it is like I don't know. I feel like everything was prepping to be good at project management. Like I before this, I used to work as a summer camp counselor, mm. which was specifically like um. What do you call it? Like, it was just, Em and I worked at the same summer camp, and it was effectively doing this, just with less time, <laughs> less budget, and more expectations. So, in comparison, <laughs> this is a walk in the park. <laughs> and for, like, and for, I was joking. And for nothing, yeah. also. 
Yes, and for now, I was joking with um with a friend last night about how he used to work at a camp, and it was like, yeah, so imagine, like, I was trying to explain what it was like running kind of this big crowdfunding project. I was like, imagine working a week of camp, but it's stretched out over a year, and at the end of it, you get to, like, you know, you get to, like, ensure that you will get to continue, you know, like, doing your job for the next year. Mm. Like, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. But it's like a heist, you know, like you know how 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 it's like a heist. Love I'm a sure. Heist. Love a heist. All all crowdfunding projects are like heists. You build your team, you break into the vault. <laughs> uh <laughs> <You> <laughs> yep, yep. And just the difference is that you take the money and you leave behind a gorgeous little book. It's um, a calling card, right? We leave behind our calling card. Uh-huh. Uh, exactly. So they know exactly. exactly Something to remember us by. Right. <laughs> it drops wander home on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a delightful mm-hmm. metaphor. I love that. Uh, every crowdfunder is a heist. Perfect. I'm going to use that. Um, well, like movie directors, movie directors are like every movie is a heist, and mm. so all movies about heists are actually movies about filmmaking. Similarly, I think all crowd, I think all RPG projects are heists, and there are not enough RPGs about heists in particular. I think I love a good heist. That. Love a good mm-hmm. good bit of crime. So more more crime mm-hmm. games, uh, please. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Well, so this has been really fantastic. So, where can fo- where can folks find Yuzabos? Like, if they want to, like, mm-hmm. make sure that they're going to be there for when this launches, because this is launching soon. When is when are you when are you launching? It is launching in twenty nine days. Um, it is launching next month at the end of March. Go to tinyurl.com slash Yuzaba B N B. That will uh, get you to our uh, backer get page where you can put in your email and stay updated for updates. We are going to be giving away a free pin to everyone who backs in the first 48 hours, uh, who backs a, a thing we are shipping out. So if you are if you like anything that we will be shipping out from our warehouse, it'll come with a pin. Um, and uh, that is a special treat for everyone. We're also doing a thing where if you backed Wander Home, we'll give you a special treat. Um which we haven't even announced yet. It's just a cool thing. Uh, and we're doing, yeah, we're, we're doing stuff like that. Um, but it's launching March 22nd, 2022, uh, which is two days after the the spring equinox. Um, and also coincidentally for people that I know's birthday. <laughs> wow. What a, what a treat. What a delightful treat. I know. I know. What a delightful treat. Uh, also uh, for folks who are interested, uh, the Possum, Possum Creek has a discord, the Possum Creek campsite. Go to our website under community for more information. The Possum Week campsite, the night before the launch, we'll be doing a movie night. Uh, we'll be doing a, a, a back-to-back movie night. Uh, and then day of, uh, we will have folks from Indiegogo doing tech support. So if you need any help accessing things, if you need help getting adjusted Indiegogo, there will be people from the company in our Discord telling you what, like helping you out. So, What movies are we watching? Uh, we're watching Spirit Away and Housewoman Castle because uh, I'm very predictable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just to make sure everyone's extremely sleepy for the launch. I'm actually launching at my mom's house because I can't bear to launch a project alone. So I'm going to her house and I'm going to wake up in the morning, have breakfast with my mom, and then click launch. Um, so that sounds delightful. I love that. Uh, yeah, I did see mm-hmm. your thread the other day about the the new Discord and everything that you put into it. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I that's so so cool to see putting putting together sort of the tools in the community like that. That is, I I love to see that. So, congrats on the yeah. very cool Discord launch, and congrats early congrats on the amazing launch of Yuzabas because it's gonna. We'll be see amazing. how it goes. You can't you can't feel too confident or else you jinx yourself. True. Uh, you have to, yeah, you have to put yourself through months of stress and fear, or else it'll be bad. Somehow, this is how that works. <laughs> That's just psychology for you. It's a cursed science. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Magical thinking is true. Uh- <laughs> right. Um. Well, thank you both so much for being here. This is yeah, this has been you, really, really wonderful. Um, you you mm-hmm. mentioned uh, the link for Yuzabos, and it is dropped there in chat, and I'll make sure it's in mm-hmm. the descriptions and everything. But where can folks find you if if you want to be found on the internet? Uh, if not, <laughs> keep that as your secret. Uh, but where, where where can folks <laughs> find and before you, you can follow me? You must solve <laughs> mind riddles three. Um. 
Uh, you can find me at jdragski. I am the only jdrag. I'm I'm the most notable jdragon on the internet. So you know you can find me there. You can also support Possum Creek in general on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/PossumCreek, uh, which helps us out a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at at nightlingbug, uh, and I'm on itch at nightling-bug. Excellent. Well, this Those has been wonderful. Places. Like I said, folks, all these links for all the stuff that we have discussed will be in uh, VOD descriptions and podcast descriptions and all that, depending on where you are watching and or listening to this. Um, I want to thank you both again for being here. This is so exciting. I mean, you've you've got me so hyped. 29 days is going to feel like an agonizing wait now because I... It's so... I'm, I'm torturous. <laughs> I, my, my mind is on fire in the best possible way. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day, everybody. Morning, afternoon, evening, Have wherever it is you are. Day. We will be back next week uh, with Babblegum Sam to talk about a Lumen game. So back on to my yeah, yeah. power fantasy <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. It was a pleasure talking with all of you. And it's been hanging out with you, Spencer. Bye. Bye.